Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello everyone and welcome back to Pixels, a show where we talk about the video game news from the past couple of weeks. We analyze it, we summarize it, we funify it. Well, video games are already fun. So uh, we, we try to make you have a fun 90 minutes or so where we summarize everything important that's been happening in the world of gaming. My name is Patrick Beja and today to help me navigate the waters of Amazon and Twitch and esports and sports sports and Forza is our very own Garrett Weintroll. How is it going, sir? Oh, it's great, man. Can we just talk about Forza, though? That's like, uh, <laughs> other than, wow, that's like the only thing I've been playing lately. Yeah, I, you know, I'm really looking forward to um, to discussing that game because it's sort of, to me, as people know, I'm not such a big fan of uh, racing games anymore, so they all sort of blur together a little bit. And so I, I almost, it's not that I discounted Forza Horizon 3, so much as I didn't pay a lot of attention to it, I thought, yeah, well, there's a Forza game, either Sports or, or Horizon, almost every year. And everyone's been telling me that Horizon 3 is awesome. So it's, it, it really is. It's a, it's a good time. We can we wait and talk, talk yeah. about that until it's in the rundown. But I've been uh, I've been having a good time with it. And you're not you're not alone. I really enjoy racing games, um, but I, I, I don't do a show about them. So they also kind of just it's like, oh, it's out. I guess I'll get it. That's about as far as my <laughs> research into, into racing games go. Well, this one uh, apparently has a lot of uh, good things going for it. So we'll definitely dive into that a little bit later in the show. But first, uh, oh my God, was there an explosion of Amazon uh, twitchiness at TwitchCon. For those who don't know, uh, TwitchCon was this weekend and they it's a, you know, the second edition of the convention didn't. It's kind of a Horizon Forza Horizon 3 situation for me because I didn't really pay too much attention to it. I'm not huge into Twitch. Uh, been watching it more and more for sure over the past couple of years. But last year's TwitchCon was mostly, uh, you know, community, Twitch community thing, which was celebrating the streamers and that kind of thing. But it didn't seem like there was a lot of announcements and things like that. So I didn't, I didn't think I was going to pay a lot of attention to it. But... Uh, it, there, there was massive news uh, out there, and uh, we're going to talk about Amazon Game Studios' own announcements, which mainly are uh, uh, the Breakaway game, in a little bit. But first, the, 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 the Twitch Prime announcement, for those who haven't heard, basically uh, Amazon Prime now encompasses Twitch Prime, which itself replaces the Turbo subscription for Twitch, um, 
and offers the same perks and some additional things. Uh, basically, you don't get ads anymore. You get... Uh, goodies for your games the first every month uh, the first one is a uh, character for hearthstone and a bunch of other things uh, obviously hearthstone is the biggest the highest profile uh, one and it allows you to um, support every month you have to go and re-subscribe uh, basically but support one streamer every month and you have to re-up uh, uh, your subscription for that person or someone else every month um so and, and it is again i mentioned it but it is included in amazon prime if you already have it you already have twitch prime and this to me for a number of reasons uh seem like a huge announcement and it sort of makes me understand why amazon even bought twitch but uh i want to get your your take on it as well what's how what do you think of that twitch prime business uh, I, I think it's great. Uh, I'm I'm very much in a, in a similar boat to you, Patrick. I'm not the world's biggest Twitch user for 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 me and my purposes. It's just kind of there as an as as a place to stream the recording of my podcast live, and that's about as far as I take it. Um, but I mean, just really nothing but good. Uh, I think for Twitch and for folks like me who already just happen to have an Amazon Prime subscription. Uh, and 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 kind of forgot. Oh yeah, Amazon bought that, didn't they? <laughs> uh, that's kind of where my head was at. Um, so of course, I I mean, I linked up immediately, got myself the Taronda Hero Portrait for Hearthstone because um, who the heck wants Anduin? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, but but for I mean, again, for me, that's kind of kind of as far as it goes. I think it's great that uh, I get to support a streamer of my choice every month. They get you know a little kickback. For my Amazon Prime subscription, I would be curious um, if this is enough to actually get more gamers uh, to opt into Amazon Prime that weren't already Amazon Prime customers because Prime is pretty expensive nowadays. I wouldn't say so. I think if you look at Prime, uh, you know, for one of the things it offers, it might be a little bit expensive, but it's getting to a level where, you know, it offers so many small things that it's kind of not worth it not to have it almost you know yeah if well, i mean I, I i love prime um but i'm also finally making money a little bit like past the point where i can afford to not just love off ramen for the first time in my life but <laughs> i like when i think of like the twitch demographic and a lot of kids in college uh i don't know i don't i definitely did not have the money for prime when it was significantly cheaper when i was in college let alone what it costs nowadays well you know maybe uh, yes of course there are going to be some people for whom the 60 bucks a year is too much uh but i think there are a lot of people especially on twitch who didn't really think the turbo uh premium offering of twitch was really worth it and if you throw in all of the things that prime offers uh if you have a, a modicum of of disposable income it sort of makes sense and especially i mean again all of these things taken individually, the, you know, the prime video, the prime uh, music, the next day delivery for free, uh, and the, the Twitch supporting someone, I think it's really cool. That alone is going to encourage some people to do it. Um, and then the goodies, uh, all of that put together, it makes a super compelling offer. I- I'm not saying that everyone's going to do it, but Really, I don't see anyone, you know, in my environment, any of the friends we have, any of the listeners we have, unless you can't afford it, which means you're really a student, you know, or or you're kind of poor, 
there's no reason not to get it if you have that small amount of disposable income of five bucks a, a, a month. Um, and it, I think it does two things. First of all, it it clarifies the offering of uh, the premium offering for Twitch, which is, you know, important because Turbo was kind of obscure and this makes it clear and it brings a lot more for the people who do it with the little goodies. Um, and it brings in a lot of people into the Amazon fold, which Amazon Prime doesn't really need to make a lot of money. But if it uh, if, if it 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 fiddalizes, it makes uh, uh, the customers of Amazon prefer to shop on Amazon. Obviously, if you have the Prime thing, you're going to be bringing uh, uh, preferring Amazon over other um, uh, outlets if the thing is available on Amazon, and most things are. So yes. that's really big, I think, for Amazon. And and it also brings in a huge influx of supporters to Twitch uh, streamers. I mean, the numbers, uh, anecdotally, from my, my friends and the people who do use Twitch, they've been telling me, and it's the announcement, it's the beginning, so maybe it will level off, but they've been telling me things are crazy. Things have been crazy in the past few days. It makes it, it makes you give someone money for free, basically. And that's huge for those streamers, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like I, I said at the beginning, I, I think this is nothing but positive. There's, there's really not. I, I can't find. I, I I struggle to find a negative here. Maybe if you just don't like the new Twitch layout, that's a negative thing for you. But that's about as far as it goes. Um, I think uh, you know this is absolutely great, and, and you're right. It, it's it's basically like. Here you can give someone money for free. I, 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 I'm, I'm like it's another one of those things. I know we'll never see the stat, but I'm curious how many people of Prime who actually are Twitch users that will forget about that and just not uh, re- renew you know, it? sub to someone, yeah, mm-hmm. or sub to someone even in the first place because it's not like it's required. It doesn't require you to go and hit that button. Um, it's just one more kind of bullet point on the list of perks when when you when you link your Twitch account to your Amazon Prime account. Right, right. Um, yeah, and, and the thing is, it, those things aren't... My understanding is it's not auto-renew. So if you don't... Even for someone you, you support for free, you have to do it again the next month. So that is a little bit of an uncertainty factor in the, the offering, which I think uh, streamers that are seeing big numbers now might want to pay attention to because... You you need to have people come back and do it again every month, and some yeah, people is, are are not going to do it. They're just going to forget. Yeah, absolutely. If, if if that is the case, if it in which I is my understanding as well is that every month you 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 have to you have to opt back in, even though you know you're still going to have your Prime account. Um, that is absolutely, I think, something to be concerned about as as a Twitch streamer. I kind of wish it just stayed on uh whatever whatever channel you subscribed to until you decide to move it right right and i think that's the 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 trick as well for amazon it's like yeah we we it's a little extra but you have to put in a little bit of effort for it so the people who aren't really engaged in that world of twitch are not going to be uh you know providing support on in the long run but yeah, um, and, you know. and obviously there's ways that they can, you know, kind of poke you. They can send you an email reminding you, oh, hey, mm. your subscription fell off or be sure to use your your one free Twitch subscription this month. Yeah. But how many people just move past stuff like that thinking it's spam anyway? 
Yeah, I think we're going to see uh it you know I think it's kind of clever actually it it pushes engagement and we're going to see a lot of streamers saying hey if your if your Amazon subscription is up maybe you might want to think about uh, you know helping me out and and you that's, just have a, an easy button there. Yeah, Patrick cuz that's what I want more <laughs> call to actions in my YouTube and Twitch videos. Sounds great. Comment right. below. That's true, that's true. That's true. Okay, but you know, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think, but I think that is, that is really important for, for Amazon and, uh, beyond Twitch, it basically brings into the fold of prime. And as we said, uh, a faithful customer, um, the, a lot of the people on Twitch, because the actual, uh, audience on Twitch that watches Twitch on a regular basis, I imagine there's at least half of them who would be interested in in an Amazon Prime subscription with all of those perks. Um, Yeah, the video thing might not be the best one. You'd prefer Netflix and the audio thing is not Spotify, but all of them put together. Anyway, especially with the Twitch thing. I mean, that is possibly, for people like us, the, the, the best part of it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just one more. It's one more thing on the value pile that right. is Twitch Prime or uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, look at me already confusing brands. <laughs> um, and so there's also uh, talking about Amazon. Uh, I want to talk about some numbers they they discussed at uh, TwitchCon at the keynote. Uh, but we're going to do this just after having talked about the Amazon Game Studios announcement. So they announced a couple of games. Uh, two of them we didn't have a lot of details on. There's one MMO type thing and one uh, was it an FPS? I think. Um, but the the announcements were really uh, scarce on details for those. However, they did uh, uh, detail uh, one game called Breakaway, which to me puts into focus the reason, the other reason why they purchased uh, Twitch a while back, which is basically they're all in on esports. I think that game is just one example of how important they think esports is going to be in the future they didn't buy twitch and that might be obvious people are going to say well of course duh patrick you're an idiot which i might be i agree but um it's kind of they didn't buy twitch for what it is now they're thinking esports is going to be a major uh you know portion of entertainment in the next few years and twitch is going to be the place for that again you uh, have brand fidelity uh loyalty rather with that uh twitch prime thing and they're cleaning it up and so that game breakaway is how to describe it it's sort of an arena and i don't want to say moba but every game where you control one character in a team and that character has special abilities is kind of a moba nowadays uh so it's a it's a third person um arena where you have two goals and five players teams i believe and you can grab a ball and you have to get the ball in the um at the end of the field and if you grab the ball, you can't use your abilities, but you can throw the ball. And if you don't have the ball, you have different characters, obviously, that have different abilities. There's a couple of crystals. One of them uh, increases the um, the damage. One of them increases defense. And you can go for them, and you have to do a certain amount of damage to one of the crystals there on the side to benefit from that uh, buff for the duration of the round. And so there's an interesting sports-like mechanic happening there. Do you, uh, you know, 
strategy? Do you go for the crystals? Do you go straight for the gold? Do you, uh, you know, and you build your team with different kinds of characters. And I thought, and, and, oh, right, there's also a lot of uh, Twitch integration thought through from the beginning of the development with, uh, you can invite people following you on Twitch to play with you. You can uh, easily broadcast everything, obviously, from within the game. You have some sort of uh, in-game currency that you can wager uh, on matches if you want to. And that doesn't, to my understanding, translate to actual real-world money. It's only in-game stuff, so it stays clean um, or clean-ish, etc., etc. And I thought that was... I don't know if the game is going to be any good. Obviously, you can't, you know... uh, bet that the thing is going to be big if the core gameplay isn't good but i thought that was a super clever way of tying things together and i think the game looks interesting and garrett apparently you hate it more than death itself i don't hate it more than death itself okay. no 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 uh, as a as a, first <laughs> a little bit of a hyper, a hyperbole there uh yeah no it as a as a uh a first entry by a new game studio it looks polished it looks slick um but to me this looks like it was developed in the most sterile lab ever for the sole purpose of feeding on every buzzword that has ever been uttered in the name of esports <laughs> well i i agree i think that's true but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing i mean it it's certainly a, a game developed for esports even more than esports it's developed for for twitch um but you don't think it's it might be fun to have that the thing that strikes me is that it's a game that seems like it's understandable by someone who doesn't really know video games but who knows sports yes and that's i, I guess that's a bigger philosophical question because that doesn't interest me at all i don't care about that I come from, you know, I'm going to get old man on my porch. I come from uh, esports where the game was built because someone wanted to make a game. And the fact that it was competitive and actually fun to watch was a almost an accident. So are we getting into old man? um, I liked it before it was cool territory kind of thing. No, I'm getting into I'd rather you make a game because it's a game you want to make, not because you see, uh, oh, this is the percentage that esports have grown in the last three years. Okay, I can I can see that. And actually, to an extent, I agree. I I think the game could be good in spite of that. But I'm wondering, um, what if that uh, title is sort of a, a gateway drug into esports for people who like sports? Like, what if uh, Amazon looked at the landscape of esports now and thought the biggest problem we have is that people just don't understand what the hell is happening because the the thing is too foreign for most uh, regular people. Between quotes. Um, and and let's develop a property that will allow the the people who enjoy sports to do that transition to to look at something that looks a little bit more familiar and they will they will be brought into the fold of the esports lovers maybe it's not going to be for you know the the sports uh, people who are older and who like to just you know who have been going to the same bar for 30 years to cheer on the same team those people might not be interested, but maybe younger people who aren't that much into video games and, and uh, esports might be brought, you know, might be intrigued by something like this when they wouldn't have been by something more confusing. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all 
that's all very possible. I think it's definitely, a, you know, that's, that is a, a possibility. And the only way you're going to find that out is by putting this out there and seeing how it does. Um, my counter argument to that, and again, we're just going to have to see how it, how it pans out, is right. that this looks boring to me. It's a, <laughs> it looks like a carbon copy of Paladin, Smite, and Overwatch all had the most, you know, kind of unenthusiastic child you can think of. And they added a ball. <laughs> Uh, if I'm going to like like I get I, I totally understand where you're coming from saying that to the outsider, East, a lot of East, uh, games that are played competitively, a lot of esports out there right now are relatively impenetrable. Completely agree with you. Um, but I would my counterpoint is I don't watch esports because I want to see something that's more similar to traditional sports and something I can wrap my head around with an understanding of traditional sports growing up with those traditional sports on TV. I want to see, you know, something that I can't see in real life. I can see someone throw a ball around in real life. As a matter of fact, I have a lot of options with that. I already have an option with that in esports and it's called Rocket League and it looks <laughs> way more interesting than this. Right, right. I guess yeah, it, it this really looks like the the you know, the the illegitimate love child of League of Legends, Rocket League and and some of the uh one of the millions of uh arena FPS shooters that we have nowadays. So yeah, it it definitely looks like something that was you know, I don't know why. But for some reason, it looks to me, I look at this in a more positive light, even though it has the same list of bullet points that, you know, what do we need to make a successful game that will work for that segment? Uh, then, you know, it has the same approach than a AAA open world, you know, carbon copy whatever game that we see every Christmas. But for some reason, this one, I look at it in a more positive light. I don't know why, but uh, it's certainly I, I think not... A lot of it, uh, I think a lot of it does come down to personal taste, uh, and I, I will be the first mm. to admit that this just, like, I just don't care because they're throwing around a ball. Like, also, <laughs> you're why alleg- is there a pirate allergic a to balls, is what you're saying. Yeah, also, why is there a pirate and a cowboy? I don't know, probably because they saw a cowboy in Overwatch, even though it's future, and they thought, hey, people <laughs> like weird genre mashups. <laughs> yeah, may- maybe. I mean, yeah, there's some inspiration there. But um, I guess, it again, it will all uh, rest on whether or not the game is actually good and actually fun. Um, and maybe. I mean, it's the first one of the first serious games. They had some mobile thing before. Uh, it's one of the first serious games from the Amazon Game Studios. It would be surprising if it was awesome uh, from the first uh, try. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll have to see. What's more, even more interesting than all of this to me is what it means in my opinion about um amazon and twitch and their bet their huge bet on esports and uh the 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 potential direction where it's going with the integration of streaming and interaction i think it's not the first game that is doing interaction with the audience but i think there's something there which it's doing better and that it's it's the first one at really exploring which is yeah video games can be played alone they can be played together they can be played with an audience and the next step could be to interact with the audience in a way that you know maybe we fantasized about uh, a couple of decades ago like what if you can there's someone watching and you can actually bring them into your game and you can interact with them within the game not just in chat And that is something that everyone was thinking about in in the beginning, and that hasn't really materialized. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if it won't if it won't uh, do that. So yeah, and and the fact that you know esports, as we're going to see in a little bit, is getting some recognition. So Amazon is is I think betting on that uh, in the long run too. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's your first, I think it's uh, the first point you have hit on uh, the subject of breakaway that I have no counterpoint to. Yeah. All right. All right. That's good. Uh, a couple of numbers uh, for from TwitchCon again, uh, before we move on to sports sports, uh, the, the viewers average on Twitch this year has been of over 600,000 people uh, watching the site concurrently, which is pretty amazing. Uh, the 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 highest uh, number of people watching the thing at the same time watching twitch at the same time was 2 million 2 million peak i mean that is a significant player in the media and now of course there are you know lots of streamers actually 2.25 million people that can't be right is it did i write write it wrong huh? That seems right to me. Yeah, 2.25 million people uh, streaming were streaming at some point or another during the year, and they they have 17k partners, 17,000 partners. Um, so that's very impressive numbers, and it's been growing uh, significantly. Uh, now, something a little bit more fun is the top games, the top new games um, for the year, the top new releases or titles. Uh, the first one, unsurprisingly, I think, is Overwatch, and to our delight, because we enjoy that game very much. Um, second what? one... The, the the first game that comes... Out, the, the, the top game on Twitch is also the game that the Amazon's making kind of totally freaking looks like? Yeah. <laughs> It looks a little bit like it. I wouldn't say, well... I would say it looks a lot a bit like it. That dude yeah. looks like Reinhardt with no sci-fi. That guy looks like <laughs> the Kree with a slightly different skin tone. Mm. To an extent, to an extent. Um, the second one, though, is World of Warcraft Legion. Now, that's not a, a new title, but it's a new release. I wouldn't... I mean, most watched new release of 2016, Legion? I would never have guessed. I mean, it's the second one, second place, but I would never have guessed that ever. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have either. This surprised me entirely. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of others. Uh, Destiny Rise of Iron is number three, and it only just came out. Uh, the Division, number four, a number of others. Uh, but Clash Royale is number nine. And I think that, uh, by the way, number 10, Stardew Valley. What? I mean, it's a very successful <laughs> game, but watching it on Twitch, that I sort of... I, I want to see other people's farms. I guess so, yeah. Why not? Uh, okay, I, yeah. All right, let's put it this way. I, I understand checking out Stardew Valley videos on YouTube. I don't understand watching someone live stream it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are weird things on Twitch, but... Uh, that, that Well, I mean, it's the internet, Patrick. You could just <laughs> say there's weird things on the internet, and Twitch exists on the internet, so... Fair enough. <laughs> transitive property, right? <laughs> yes, there are strange things on Twitch. Uh, but Clash Royale is number nine, and obviously I think that's significant because, uh, as you know, it's a mobile game. And uh, number nine is, is, again, it's not number nine overall. It's number nine of uh, new releases of 2016. But uh, Clash Royale was built for uh, competitiveness, and I think there's a core of excellent gameplay in there. But that is uh, an example of something that was built for it with the flavor of the day, with the cards and all of this. Uh, but that that is being successful, and it's a mobile game. And uh, people have been poo-pooing, mo- some people have been poo-pooing mobile games. Uh, so you can say me. You, you can say me. Have you I been hate reading? This game. I, hate, I hate Clash Royale. I hate the style. I hate everything Why? about it. And it's proof that the fact that I think something can be developed in a, in a lab specifically for something doesn't necessarily mean it won't also be wildly successful. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was, I think it, it was developed in the lab to an extent. You can see the, I don't like the graphical style of the game, but that's, 
I guess, personal. Um, but it was certainly developed with the idea of let's make it a good game that also is pleasing to the day's uh, flavor. So yes, yeah, absolutely. No, no, it's a um, very well-made game that I cannot stand. Yeah, well, lots of people watch it, and it's a mobile game, so I think that's uh, that's significant in its own right. Um, yes, yeah, right. Okay, uh, the the last thing I wanted to to mention uh, about TwitchCon is that they made no mention of the issue of toxicity in chat, uh, which understandable you know you don't want to rain on your own parade so i understand why they didn't start bringing so up are you the really things. surprised at all that this wasn't brought up because i'm not no I, I mean i don't want to say i'm surprised i guess i'm more uh disappointed that it and maybe it was discussed in a in a side panel at some point maybe it was but i would have ho- i would have liked for them to not address, not say hey there are horrible people chatting in our in our, on our service but rather say you know here are the steps we're taking here where we think we can take the service or make these changes to make uh, community management easier or, you know, to facilitate these kinds of, uh, you know, but they didn't mention anything about it. And uh, I think there was an opportunity to show that they're working on it, I guess. But uh, oh, I absolutely agree. Um, they're not alone, though. They're not the only large outlet having issues with uh, vitriol. With the internet? <laughs> Yeah, to questionable degrees, uh, Twitter has been, you know, in the limelight for all the wrong reasons a lot lately as well. Um, right. And right. At, at some at some point, someone needs to, you know, one of these large companies that is an outlet for this vitriol do need to step up to the plate and lead the charge against it. Uh, and no one has yet. And um, honestly, like the lack of it is just making me for Twitch and similar companies don't know how they should talk about it. Yeah, it it is definitely a difficult uh, issue to solve for sure. But uh, I mean, yeah, it was it was a celebration. They weren't gonna say they were gonna sour it, but I would like them to mention something. I would have as well, Patrick. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to uh, as I was saying, sports, sports or sports bowl, the real sports invading esports again. And um, so there were a couple of. Uh, bits of news basically one day after the other where uh the 76ers announced that they uh it's a team from what is it philadelphia uh, philadelphia there you go um they acquired team dignitas and uh, apex i hadn't heard about apex but uh team dignitas is, defi- is definitely a feature a fixture even of uh the esports world and uh right the next day team liquid has uh basically been acquired or uh, uh, partially sold to a group that includes a lot of actors from the sports world. Uh, Magic Magic Johnson is one of the names that uh, rings a bell for people outside the U.S. Uh, There's a lot of other people that people in the U.S. will know, I'm sure. Uh, Ted Leonsis, uh, Peter Guber, a bunch of other people, basically people who are into real sports. And um so yeah I, you're you're the one who is into esports and who lives in the US those probably speak to you a little bit more how how big a deal is it how significant is it do you care even um I'm curious I, I mean it's like me personally again I mean this is where it, like is this something I really excited about no but it's it's huge for esports this this is just one more layer of added legitimacy uh, to the scene that you have an entity like the 76ers picking up not one but two esports teams. 
Uh, I mean, it's 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 huge. But I mean, I also think thought it was it was just a matter of time. Um, I mean, we we've, we've talked mo- a lot of this episode about trends, about buzzwords, about its effect on the world uh, of gaming, and this is just one more of those outcomes, uh, right? I mean, esports has just been growing kind of nonstop. We've seen multiple tournaments now on on traditional cable outlets and channels we just had a massive overwatch tournament on tbs this past friday how, how uh, big is tbs for people who aren't in the u.s is it like a regular network yes it's a basic basic cable station if you have tv really of any uh, um, uh, like at any level you probably get tbs so is it did it was it broadcast in the middle of the night was it prime time what it how? was um it, it was later it, it was it was late enough that uh it it did make my traditional sports loving uh, wife go, why is it so late? Um, <laughs> it was 10 p.m. Yeah, okay, in okay. my time zone. But yeah. that means it was nine, uh, a little bit west, eight, a little bit further west and seven for the West Coast. So, so it was I, prime time for part, part of the country. Yeah, yeah. To to me, I look at that, and I think they were just trying to split the difference between all the, the you know major time zones in the U.S. Um, mm. Although I'm not aware if it was... I can't imagine that it was time delayed for the different because it's not like mm. <laughs> it's not like you know breaking bad or something this is a, a live event so i would assume it would be right. you know broadcast live to all time zones in the u.s um but so yeah this is definitely i mean it's been growing but it seems like yesterday maybe it was six months or a year ago where we had that big blowout of some douche on espn saying something along the lines of if you know, esports oh, that's, ever that's Colin Cowherd. Just ignore him. Okay, He's no, harmless. but I mean, it. The thing is, the thing that, and again, I'm outside the, outside the U.S. for this, so maybe I perceived it in a different way. But at the time that he said it, it was again six months to a year ago. What was, he said uh, was was. Oh, sorry, go ahead. It was after uh, Heroes of the Dorm last year, not not this year. It was Her- okay. uh, Heroes of the Dorm 2015. So it was a year and a half ago, almost. Wow, that it uh-huh. felt like uh, less than that. Uh, but basically, he said, you know, something along the lines of, uh, if if those stupid computer games are on ESPN, I'd rather not work for ESPN or something like that, or <laughs> from Michael right. Dead Hands or something to that uh, extent, to that effect. Uh, and at the time, what struck me was that at the time. That seemed like it it certainly wasn't the opinion of everyone in the sports world, but it felt like it didn't sound strange. You know, esports were kind of this thing people were looking at sideways and going like, really, you watch people playing games? And, you know, that was kind of the the mood, the ambiance, if you will, around this. And fast forward a year and a half later, and... Sports team are are buying esports team left and right. People like serious athletes with cred are are getting in on this. It seems fast. It seems like things have moved really fast. Even though uh, you know they seem slow to us who enjoy these things, but uh, seems really fast to me. Yeah, for for whatever reason, this didn't really come as a huge surprise to me because esports has just been growing. The the money is clearly there when you look at some of these these premier tournaments. And I, I mean, Dignitas is a, a team that uh, is well known across just about every you know popular esport. Apex is a very well known League of Legends team. Um, so these are these are two teams that are steeped in some of the the biggest money tournaments uh, out there. Uh, and 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 then Team Liquid as well. I mean, following that up, they're you know another esports pedigree. I guess 
you're you're sort of hitting the nail on, on the head there you're talking when you're talking about money um i guess they realized and they had a few trial runs with espn2 and heroes of the dorm and a bunch of other tournaments and and looking at the audiences that these tournaments uh generate and they're thinking you know sports are not going anywhere but maybe they're uh the the average age of the you know the demographic for regular sports is getting older slowly but still and this is a way of getting people in uh not even in sports but getting an audience for our properties that is a little bit younger and grabbing all of the, and certainly i don't think they're going to be making lots of money yet but in a couple of years three years maybe we're going to see all of the all of these uh big tournaments on tv with big sponsors in the way that we see sports <laughs> sports sports regular sports um today and it's starting as you're saying it's i mean again a year and a half ago uh Heroes of the Dorm on ESPN was an oddity. Now, we've had a bunch of those, and TBS just broadcast a few days ago the, the Overwatch thing. So yeah. it's getting there. I mean, you can, still, you can still go on Twitch on, you know, dirt like live while Heroes of the Dorm is on ESPN. You can read all of the hilarious uh, outbursts from people who are like, oh, my God, I just switched to ESPN. What is this? You know, why is there a right. dragon? Um <laughs> Uh, when they're clearly talking about Diablo, who guys is a is actual demon from hell. He's the devil. He's not a dragon. Calm down. Um, <laughs> it's so but, much better. Uh, he's he's just the, the devil from the burning hells. That's- actually, the devil. Um, no, no, no. But yeah, I mean, this can uh, to me. I we, this can all be tied directly in to all the statistics you just rambled off about Twitch. Uh, I, right. I uh, you know I think I think TBS more so than being interested in the money. From esports, I think is more interested in 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 moving, you know, kind of future proofing themselves. They're seeing these statistics from online streaming, and you know, now I think it has worked in in TBS's has worked in Turner's interest that they've you know they have these this, they have E League, they have CS:GO, uh, multiple weeks out of the year on their on their uh, you know on their channel, but they're also streaming all the preliminary rounds online. You know, Turner is now getting brand recognition in the streaming space where previously they were not hmm. interesting so did you watch the tbs thing how what did you think how was it uh it put was fantastic and- patrick if you really? have, oh, goodness gracious dude go watch it have you not seen it no i haven't i haven't oh it was so well done um hey you know how we were talking about and and we'll talk a lot about this on overwatch as i'm sure but you know how we were uh, concerned that it was going to be difficult to watch and it was going to be a lot of first person genji flipping around yes there was a lot of fixed camera angles pulled out around like team fight hotspots, and I loved it. Really? Okay, yeah. so they, they're sort of getting the hang of it, is what you're saying? Yes the the camera work for uh, for the Overwatch Open Finals I thought was um, uh, phenomenal. You know my my esports uh, site of choice, uh, Esports Red, is not updated again. They I think they're. Uh, they're not updating it's, it. It's a lot of work, and it's almost like stopped. it's uh, it's almost like it's a uh, you know a, a fan project run by I believe two people. Yeah, exactly. It's understandable. It was really, and so, 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 but you know, it's the kind of thing you want to use. Like for me, in my case, once uh, uh, every couple of weeks. But uh, they need to make sure that it's updated all the time. Like there are tournaments all the time, and obviously it's a lot of work. But so I guess I'll try and and hunt it down. What exactly was the name of that? Uh, tournament so i can find it overwatch open 
Oh, it's the Overwatch Open. The Overwatch Open. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll I'll find that. I'll go watch the finals. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. The finals were this past Friday, and and, and don't, I really don't spoil the, it. Yeah. No. No. That's why I'm just saying the production was off the chain. All right. Cool. Excellent. There was once a chain, and the production was off of it. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I guess it is indeed a good time for esports. We've been talking about it. I mean, everywhere in the in the gaming world for a year or so. We've seen the signs, and it's uh, a year and a half, I would say. Even we we were saying that esports is ready to go big, and uh, some people are telling us, you know, well, it's already big. Twitch, blah blah blah. And yes, it's big. It's not big like it's not real world big it's gaming world big and uh it even in the gaming world i think there are a lot of gamers as we often say that are not esports fan that could become esports fan if it was a little bit more uh you know better put together and that seems like it's uh, starting to happen so exciting stuff um, all right, let's move on from the big news and talk about some of the smaller stuff, uh, some of which are the releases for the past few days and, and weeks. Uh, one of them is is uh, Forza Horizon 3, as we discussed at the beginning of the show, which I didn't pay too much attention to because, as I said, I'm not a big uh, uh, esports. Uh, e I'm not a big racing game fan. It's... It, Racing games, I think, to me, probably feel like fighting games feel to a lot of uh, our listeners. When I go on and on about how awesome some of the fighting games are, some of them don't really know them. And they're like, oh, OK, that's just like the Man, other you, one you, you discussed last week. You, uh, you took my opening comparison. Oh, I was damn say, it. <laughs> I, I, I think racing games are to me what, what fighting games are to you and that your reaction to racing games is what my reaction to fighting games is, which is All kind right, of so a not for me. <laughs> So why it. why should I pay attention to Forza Horizon Three more than I do to the other you know couple of fighting game, uh, of <laughs> uh, racing games that come out every year? <laughs> well, to be honest with you, if you don't like racing games, I don't think you should. <laughs> really? Like, because it, people have it, been telling me. Well, okay, if I hate racing games, obviously I shouldn't. But you know, I used to play Gran Turismo back in the day. I was a huge Red Racer fan. Uh, you know, I did play racing games, but it's well, just. That case. Yeah, so I think in that case, if, definitely pick up, definitely pick up Horizon Three. All right, so why? Why is it better than the other ones? All right, so uh, I didn't keep up with Horizon Three. Forza is probably now my favorite, my favorite racing game. Uh, I used to be more of a Need for Speed fan. I like my racers arcadey, but not over the top arcadey. Um, I'm also a huge Burnout fan, which I do think if you hate racing games, you should play Burnout. I like um, Burnout. I like uh, I liked uh, Need for Speed Underground 1 and 2, yep. those kinds of things, where it's still, you know, it's not... I, I used to play, as I said, Gran Turismo, so I could, I can appreciate the realism in some of them, but usually it's more like, yeah, let's drive fast and have fun. Yeah, exactly. And put neons and giant spoilers yeah. that actually would just make my front-wheel drive car heavier and not any more aerodynamic. Um but yeah, yeah, no, that that's kind of if you're wondering where my racing game tastes are, that's where it generally falls. I stayed away from Forza for a long time because, um, you know, when I was younger, I didn't really enjoy Gran Turismo. I'm sure I would enjoy it now with a proper racing wheel setup, up, um, but it was something I never enjoyed with a controller. 
Um, and I stay away from Forza thinking that it was basically that. And it can be the thing I like the thing that when I originally got into Forza that blew me away was this, the fact that you can kind of just take your difficulty slider and depending on where it is, it kind of affects how semi it is versus how arcadey it is. Is that um, the case? He, because there are two series for Forza, right? There's Forza yes, Motorsports the, and Horizon. Yeah, exactly. I I just say Forza. I just say the numbered versions because I, I forget that Motorsports comes after Forza. Like a lot of times people just say Forza 6. Okay, right. that's the new numbered Forza. And that's definitely a more sterile, you know, you're you're racing on named tracks, tracks that actually exist in the world. You can go run the Nürburgring if you want. Um, whereas Horizon is the more outlandish versions of the game they have an overworld they take place in fictionalized versions of ideal locations you would want to go drive a car in the case of horizon 3 it's australia um and it's basically that, open world it's assassin's creed for cars isn't it or is that i, mean, I guess i mean it's an open world <laughs> game i'm not the assassin's creed isn't right. the one i jump to but uh sure uh why you know why why not um i mean the uh so so all of that kind of went into my not really paying attention to Horizon 3 because I figured it would just be, you know, another number in that there, there wouldn't be a whole lot of new features. It would just be, uh, you know, a new a new country, a new uh, fictionalized version of a real country to go drive around in. And honestly, in a way that it is, there's not really any new groundbreaking features. It's very similar to Horizon 2. What I underestimated was just how much in like how much enjoyment they can inject into a new Forza just through the quality of the world they designed. Mm. And Australia in Horizon 3 is the most fun I've ever had driving around anything with a car. Wow. So is it the best car fun car game you've ever played it's hard for me to ever uh take that away from burnout because there was just there was something special uh, mm. about burnout and it's also tied up in nostalgia for me but um in terms of a, a game where i the goal is not to make the most elaborate car crashes possible yeah i'm really enjoys enjoying horizon 3 and uh, I, I just want to drive around its world because there's such a a large variety uh, if you want street racing, it's there. If you want drift racing, it's there. If you want rally racing, it's there. If you want rally drift racing, you can do that. <laughs> so, but how does it actually happen in the world uh, for someone who's never played it? I played just a tiny little bit of it for Horizon 2, I think, and didn't really love it. But so you just drive to a location and then an event starts, or how does it actually happen? How does it take place uh, from almost an interface point of view or, you know, interaction with the game well, like, point of view? Well, like any open world game, there's this, a ton of random things to do and you, you can kind of take your take your pick. I mean, if you just want to follow the story, all of the events are very clearly marked on your map and you can even fast travel. You know, it costs credits in game. So there's a bit of a gate to it. But really, I mean, if you're winning races you could fast travel to every event and never once actually kind of go and explore the open world if you really wanted to but so the the interface basically that means you have a map an overall map of the the entire yes. continent and yes. then you have little dots that appear throughout the map and you can go there if you want to do that thing the dot you know the the icon represents a certain type of event right absolutely okay and how does the multiplayer thing play into it um, I haven't honestly experienced a ton of it yet. Um, so far, my experience with it has been identical to my experience with two, which is mostly downloading uh, car builds and looks. Uh, and you see the the horrible buzzword 
drivatars all over your game. Um, For those but, who don't know, the drivatars are yeah horrible name, but it's basically a profile of uh, one of your Xbox Live friends uh, that yeah. gets robotized and you drive against them that's, that's kind the thing. of thing i remember hearing it announced i don't even remember what forza it was at this point where they announced drivatars and i thought it was the stupidest name for anything ever and i still stand by that but i actually oh, yeah, yeah. like it in the game like i actually think it is well executed upon so you you don't have to be online at the same time as your friends but you you see their drivatar and you race against them has yeah. that happened to you yes uh it it, it uh, constantly um the the the, ra- the racers in every single one of my races there's al- al- always a few that are on my friends list that i recognize huh and, and so can it actually happen with someone who is live at the same time as you are i'm guessing um, you right? can choose to race together uh, okay. as a matter of right. fact all of horizon 3 is playable like the, you can play through the campaign in co-op you can play with a friend and go do the whole campaign together hmm so it doesn't seem like, as you were saying, it doesn't seem like there's one, you know, breakout new feature that makes it awesome. It's more that everything's so well executed and well, you know, they're so used to doing it now that they're, they've perfected their craft. And so it's just, would you say it's fun from like, it's just the fun permeates from it better than it did. Yeah. Basically everyone I've talked to who's been kind of on the fence, I basically asked, Hey, do you like Forza? Did you enjoy the last horizon? Well, I think this is the best Forza game. Mm. Like it's, it, it's, it's not. Um, and it's funny cause I've spent my whole life kind of crapping on Madden games being a $60 roster update every, every year. <laughs> but, um, and I, but I do think to a certain degree that, Horizon 3 still puts more effort in than a, a Madden each year because at least they created the, they they created this entire Australian environment which didn't exist in the previous game. Um, but to a certain degree, I kind of get it now. Like, okay, I mean, how much more can you really do with a car game? You know, obviously, someone at some point is going to come out with a, a a cool new feature, a cool new way, or a new spin to put on a racing game. But for what Forza is, and specifically what the Horizon series is, I think this is the the best entry into the Forza Horizon series that I've played. Okay, cool. Well, that makes me want to go play it a little bit. Uh, I don't know if I'll if I'll be able to because there are so many things I'm I'm don't have access to my consoles right now, and when I will, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna get the PlayStation VR, which you know maybe that's gonna take me half an hour, and then I'll put it down and it I'll be done. Um, but then I'll have to play Rise of Iron, which is the other uh, title that just came out and th- that is getting not. Great reviews. I think the problem with Rise of Iron, uh, Destiny Rise of Iron, is that it's basically more of the same. Um, it's it's more of it's a new zone as you know, similar to the one from The Taken King, which I loved, and I'm sure I'm gonna have a lot of fun in Rise of Iron. But really, it's a stopgap until uh, Destiny Two comes out next year. So I'll have more to say about Rise of Iron when I've when I've played it in a couple of weeks, but for now it's just what you would expect, I suppose. Yeah, I've, I haven't uh, found the time to play it. Sadly, I, I, I love uh, when Destiny gets new content, but it's been it's been hard to find the time. Somehow I found time to play Forza. I didn't 
think I was going to, but I guess I'm just a little more excited about that than Destiny at the moment. Yeah, it, it's easy to not be excited about Destiny. And, to complete, and, you know, as much as I raved about the Taken King last year, and I encouraged everyone to try it out because it was an excellent game, uh, unlike the, the original vanilla uh, Destiny, which I still loved but understood why people wouldn't, I think this one is entirely skippable. It's only 30 bucks, is it, Rise of Iron? It's it, 30 or 40 bucks, I can't remember. It's not a full-priced game, uh, and it's not a full game, for sure. Uh, so I think if you're going to stick uh, uh, skip one, that would be the one. And I'm very, very, very curious to see what's going to happen with Destiny 2 uh, next year. And I think that's where people need to start paying attention again. So... Um, oh, and by the way, Destiny 2 is probably going to be coming out on PC as well. There's rumors Wait, what? there. Yeah. What? What? I'm hearing news for the first time on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, I can't tell if you're being... Uh, I'm, I'm being 100% sincere. This okay. is blowing my mind right now. If, if this is actually true... Well, the big oh, question is going to be... <laughs> Please be true. I don't, you know, I really enjoyed uh, playing with a with a controller in ways that, for example, after having played Overwatch with mouse and keyboard, the controller was like I tried for fifteen minutes and was like, all right, never. Uh, Patrick, it's a PC. You can play it on whatever the hell you That's want. True. You can play with a damn plastic guitar if you really want to. No, because if it's if it's calibrated for mouse and keyboard on the pc then you need to play with with mice and mouse and keyboard if you don't have uh, auto aim you like you, you do on consoles to. yeah just get good with a controller man get good, just get good. <laughs> yeah without auto aim good luck getting good with a controller that is really challenging okay okay as long as you're not doing pvp i'm sure you can manage eh, maybe maybe well, um, actually, some of the you know, harder harder runs on yeah, certain instances is kind of rough but I, I get your concern but my biggest issue with destiny is that half of my friends play on xbox half of them play on <laughs> playstation and right now all i want to play is world of warcraft which scratches the same itch so, well so well with destiny 2 you'll have a third of your friends on xbox a third on your of your friends on playstation and a third of your friends on pc uh, so and these specific friends the majority would just be on pc possibly yeah Except my one, my one Xbox friend, Ben, who's an Apple user. Sorry, Ben, <laughs> stop using Apple products, please. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for Destiny, people might stay on the console they started on. I guess we'll see next year. Um, October, it's here, and there are games coming out. We're entering the, uh, the giant uh, period of ho- the holidays where everything is available that we have been waiting for for a long time. You made it through the summer drought, Patrick. Exactly. Well, summer drought, there was a bunch of things that kept me busy. I would say it was Well, that's because we're Blizzard fans, Patrick. We are, we are the chosen few that aligned ourselves <laughs> with the correct game studio. <laughs> well, if you didn't, you might be waiting for Mafia, Mafia 3 to come out. It's coming out in a few days now, uh, just three. Um, the one thing I will note about Mafia 3 is that uh, the, the press outlets are not getting copies of Mafia Mafia 3 for review. And a few months, years ago, I would have said that's suspicious because usually you don't want bad reviews to come out before the game. Uh, and so you don't give out review copies to, to the press. It, in recent uh, months, though, there have been a, a few games that didn't get uh, that treatment because they had a good buzz going on. And they the only thing that you could make happen by having advanced uh, copies would be uh bad bad buzz uh 
hap- you know in 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 some cases the bad buzz could uh tar- tarnish the release um but it didn't happen for some of the games namely Fallout 4 and Doom 3 uh, or Doom I guess not 3 uh were both titles that if I remember correctly didn't have uh, advanced copies for press and turned out to be really good games so I'm not sure what it means that Mafia 3, I mean, 2K is not sending uh, review copies to the press, but it is kind of suspicious. I'm not sure why. Uh, And we haven't seen a lot about the game. So as usual, I think I would recommend that you wait if you're, if you want to buy the game, just wait for the reviews just in case when, you know, a couple of days after it's out. Um, On the 10th, a hundred foot Robot Golf is coming out, and I, for the life of me, I don't understand why people are are anticipating that game. Uh, <laughs> I w- um, well, let's, let's see. I spent the top of the show crapping all over a game that uh, took characters from a MOBA and made them throw a ball around. Uh, I'm a lot more interested in just watching normal golf, but with giant <laughs> robots. <laughs> I guess when you put it like that, why not? Um, <laughs> the big release is on the 11th, uh, Gears of War 4. Which it has its fans. Uh, we'll see what happens I, with the fourth. Yeah, uh, I I really liked the first two gears, and I'm I'm pretty indifferent to the series at this point. Yeah, same for me. Which is really too bad because, um, yeah, we could talk about uh, God of War again, uh, God of War four, and the unfavorable comparison we had at E3 uh, this year. But uh, you know what? Let's be happy. Gears of War four might be good. I'll definitely. This is a, a wait and see for me. It's not a a buy, an instant buy. Uh, and, and then uh, it's about a week away now. The PlayStation VR is coming out. A bunch of games are being announced at this point, but the most important part is that it's coming with a uh, demo disc. Woohoo! Demo discs are back. Everyone's been having fun with that. So, Go steal um, them from the magazines in your grocery aisle. <laughs> uh, 22nd, and obviously PSVR is going to be the probably a, a big part of the next show uh, we're going to do because we'll have tested it. Um, Battlefield 1 and Civilization 6 are coming out on the 22nd. Um, the expansion for Dark Souls 3 is coming out on the 23rd. The Ashes, Ashes of Era- uh Ariandel, I'm not a Dark Souls player, sorry. Um, I'm sure it's a made-up word. It's okay to pronounce it wrong. Thank you. And then on the 28th, uh, Titanfall 2, which... Yeah! Really? Yeah, I love Titanfall. <laughs> wow! I, I really enjoyed the first Titanfall. How like, long way more than it? I thought I was going to. How long did you play it? Uh, about three months <laughs> oh well that's pretty that's pretty good i played for a couple of weeks loved it for a couple of weeks uh but didn't last longer uh, three months is a good run for uh for uh, uh you know multiplayer game i think it was the most i've enjoyed multiplayer console shooter since halo 3 wow okay did you try the uh the beta when it was available uh, i did what oh did for two no uh, oh for yeah one, yeah yes. for two mm. Okay. No, no, I haven't. I haven't tried it for two. Okay, well, uh, okay, that's good to hear some positive stuff about uh, about Titanfall for a change. Um, and then we'll we'll see what happens with the single player, which is the we've seen a couple of trailers. Could be could be fun if there are some big set pieces, uh, cinematic moments as they there were in uh, in uh, Modern Warfare one and two. Um, 
All right, bunch of other bits of news. Uh, Battleborn is apparently becoming a free-to-play game fairly soon. That is not very surprising. Um, uh, very poor, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, let, let's continue this Mac talk. I still don't care. <laughs> well, yeah, it's... Uh, we've talked about Battleborn in the past. No need to be mean. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it didn't <laughs> do as fun. well. as yeah. Paladins, uh, I've played it at the very beginning of the uh, beta, but it's uh, available uh, on beta on uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. If you want to give it a try, it is... It's a when I played it, which is admittedly a long time ago, it was a bad photocopy of uh <laughs> again buzz words and and features uh overwatch and a MOBA bunched together with some cards from hearthstone and uh kind of bland, I thought, but again, it was a very long time ago. it might have gotten better uh in the in the last year, so um it's available on PlayStation four and Xbox one. you can go try it for free. Um, Dragon Quest Builders is getting a demo on PlayStation 4 and Vita. And uh, if you like Dragon Quests and Dragon Quest and uh, Minecraft, then that game is for you. Looks kind of fun. I think I'm going to give it a try. I, this was not on my radar, but that little tagline sounds just crazy interesting to me. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, what it comes from is Dragon Quest. I mean, Minecraft is incredibly popular in Japan, as it is everywhere. Uh, but it's basically been sustaining the PlayStation Vita by itself. It's keeping the Vita alive there uh, because it's selling so well. And uh, Dragon Quest basically came out with their... The, the series came out with their version of Minecraft. It really is. You know, the, the PR people are going to tell you, well, no, it's about this and that. And it's, it's a little bit different for sure. But when you look at it after two seconds, you realize that's basically what it is. And it seems a little bit more guided, a little bit more um, easy to approach than uh, than Minecraft. So... It's there's a demo available for free. Why not try it? Um, Persona Five sold pretty well, five hundred uh, k in its first week in Japan. Um, that's significantly more than uh, similar games or you know RPGs that came out in the same uh, uh, you know that sold uh, when you look at the numbers in the same time frame. So um, in the past few months so yeah they, persona 5 doing well that is uh good news to me i'm eagerly anticipated it is anticipating its release on uh in the west no man's sky is under investigation there's a false advertising claim um for that game which wow that thing is never gonna die is it people are so angry about no man's sky it's i don't I don't get it. Why so much anger? But well, um, that's that's because you're generally a level-headed human being, Patrick. Maybe I guess. But going uh, all I, the way I, to, I, I don't either. I was disappointed with the game, but I think it was uh, an interesting proof of concept. I think it was worth my sixty bucks. I'm glad to support the studio. Yeah, I think the the, the specific uh, claim is uh, about the video on the Steam page compared to the game because the video was an early promo video that showed things that weren't didn't make it to the final game, which I understand on paper, like technically this might be false advertising, but it really feels like something disgruntled, angry players 
found, you know, as the one reason they could legitimately bring a claim against the studio. Which they I basically think is- are taking that video that's all over Facebook of, uh, about, you know, what was promised versus what we got on No Man's Sky, and they're trying to build a lawsuit out of it. Basically. Well, yeah. So the thing is, that video, the video with the original vision, with the, the big dinosaur walking around and all of this, was apparently on the product page on Steam, and still when the game came out. So people could reasonably claim, I guess, that they saw this, they figured, oh, this looks awesome, and then they launched the game, and they, they don't have that which they saw in the video. So I understand how technically, but yeah. I'm going to start a lawsuit against Sony for false advertising for the first Spider-Man movie because that scene where it traps a helicopter between the twin towers is not in the actual film. Wasn't it? No, it was not. That that was removed from the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Oh, after the right, of course, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. for for obvious very very sad reasons but, right 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 um, mm, I, yeah it, I, this is just i find this so just th- this is just really bitter mm. gamers to me it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around this i'm just like why are you why are you so angry yeah why, that, what, what were you truly expect so so the dinosaurs look a little you know silly <laughs> deal with it i think that is what comes out of this for me as well it's really like wow you're you're so angry you must be like you must need love so much <laughs> you, <laughs> yes, you really weren't hugged enough when you were yeah. when you were young weren't you that, that that is what comes out of this thing uh for me so yeah and i'm an I, i'm an angry person i get angry at video games all the time i don't get <laughs> and this yet um there's a lawsuit for uh pokemon go as well let's just not even delve into it um, oh for god's sake yeah <laughs> now let's not get garrett angrier than he already is um playstation experience is happening on december 3rd so that's kind of cool and we have the game awards on december 1st i this i'm looking forward to it i know it's uh you know not always great but i i really enjoy it uh, nintendo won't be at paris games week uh in about a month that is kind of a bummer because we're getting to the point where it's like guys where is the nx supposed to come out in march at some point you have to say something about it and yeah i i i would have thought we would have something about it uh at this point but apparently no it's been a rough year for nintendo um i'm sure they're very concerned about their messaging yeah, for sure, for sure. And at this point, the problem is the lack of messaging is kind of doing the messaging for them. Um, I, you know, everyone's going to buy an NX, I think. A lot of, well, not everyone, but a lot of people are going to buy an NX, whether or not they talk about it. The, the problem is the people who aren't already certain they want to buy the NX, no matter what it is, need to be convinced and they need to have their excitement drummed up. And you can't just you know, start talking about it in three months and then put the console out a couple of months later and expect it that it's going to do super well. So the time window, I think, is is not closing, but I mean, who am I kidding? They're going to, everyone's going to be aware of it once they announce it. But I'm about to say, I, I, that, that was going to be my counterpoint. Can they? I think they can. They're a Nintendo. It's a new <laughs> console. I think they can do that. Uh, also, yeah. it's not scheduled to come out before Christmas. I can understand a lack of uh, of a push. 
mm, maybe they want to let the Christmas season go by or, you know, the excitement and then start talking about it. But then, you know, there are a lot of people who are going to buy consoles at Christmas that would maybe have otherwise waited for the NX and not bought a PlayStation Slim or an Xbox One S. You know, I think, they, yeah, yeah, I think that's a bit of a judgment call, isn't it? Because, I mean, it could work against you, too. You like your hype could be drowned out by things people could actually buy for this, you know, holiday season um, just as easily as, you know, you, you might be able to actually stop a few people, get them to abstain from purchasing a console. Well, um, yeah, I guess maybe. But then if you don't have the console uh, p- that you're promising and the messaging out, then you're definitely not stopping anyone from buying a, a 300 bucks console and then thinking, well, I just bought one. I'm not going to buy another one three months later. So fair enough. I don't know. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think for the, the like for Nintendo, I mean, and if you're selling any console, you're trying to it, it it all comes down, I think, to to the general populace. I think gamers, you know, people who are going to buy this, any, you know, the 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 people who who are in the know about Nintendo are going to buy this console one way or the other. Um, I I think you know, getting uh, you know, like my mom to buy it for my little brother, that's not going to happen in March, no matter what Nintendo does. Right. So you're saying they don't need to worry about it now anyway. The the faithful are going to buy it in March and then the regular people, they're going to be buying it maybe later in the year, even at Christmas. That's that's where, where my head is at. Mm. But um, I'm, I might be, you know, I don't know. I might be putting too much weight into the, you know. The, the casual parent purchase who knows maybe maybe yeah and maybe they're not ready maybe they're gonna push it past march which would blow my mind because of fiscal reasons but uh, yeah we'll see i'm just i'm just glad it's not the gamecube all over again for me personally i'm this is the most <laughs> selfish joy i've ever had around nintendo because i bought the gamecube solely for uh twilight princess and they moved that straight to wii I know it came in on GameCube as well, but it was hard to find a copy, and I was pretty miffed about that. And so I what you're saying is, oh, right, I almost right. bought so a Wii U. I almost bought a Wii U for that one. new Zelda game, and I, oh no, it's just it's going to be on this and the NX, and it's like cool. I'm skipping the Wii U entirely. <laughs> Thank you for telling me, Nintendo. You and millions of other people. Yeah. Um, all right, last uh, little bit of the of the show. Um, oh, I guess first. The Oculus Touch controllers are imp- apparently going to be 200 bucks or 200 euros in Europe. And uh, that is an expensive bit of uh, tech. And it brings the Oculus to the level of the price level, the price range of the uh, Vive, which is definitely pretty expensive. And uh, I had a chance to test the Oculus finally. Uh, it's available for testing at my uh, a local retail store uh, here in Paris. And I have to say that my first impression is not incredible. It's technically more competent than the PlayStation VR for sure, but it didn't feel mind-blowing like it's not i was like i was all of a sudden in a realistic environment it still felt video gamey and i i did see the pixels on the screen it wasn't high resolution enough that at you know two centimeters it i didn't see the pixels um and i didn't have any mind-blowing experience i'm part of the you know 50 percent of people i guess that don't aren't you know I don't know. We'll see once I have the PlayStation VR at home. I can test it a little bit longer to see if that uh, works. But it, what it told me for the Oculus is that the effect that VR has 
works on the PlayStation VR, even though it is inferior hardware, the fact that it's lag-free, it sort of confirmed this idea that the fact that it's lag-free, um, when you move your head, the images move at the exact time you move your head, and that does the immersion, even though the graphics are not awesome. And uh, for the test I had of the Oculus, it was only 20 minutes, so maybe you know things change when you use it for longer. But what what it told me was the graphics and the resolution of the screen aren't what make or break VR. What makes or breaks VR is the uh, feeling of being there, which stems from the lag freeness and the uh, the the refresh rate of the screen rather than the graphical details you have on the on uh, on the images so makes sense to me that that sounds like i feel like any type of lag would just be really kind of off-putting and i'm sure if you're prone to um, motion sickness in any way shape or form i'm sure it doesn't help with that yeah, that is definitely, I mean, that's the, the, the barf machine immediately. If, if you think you barf in VR, then if you have lag or not a great frame rate, barf times 10. Um, but what struck me with the Oculus is that it was a beast of a PC uh, connected to it, and the graphics didn't change the feeling of immersion. So we'll see. We'll see. Answer next week when we all, you know, the the regular people who don't have a thousand bucks to put into the the headset uh, can try it with a lot of games coming to the uh, PlayStation VR. So we'll see at that point. Um, And yeah, so the last bit of news uh, connected uh, to the PlayStation VR, or rather to the Oculus Rift, is that story of... I, I, I... this is not my political show, The Phileas Club, so we're not going to be talking about politics too much. But I wish it was, because that show <laughs> re- is, is like this nice little dose of sanity for me uh, living in the U.S. with this freaking election right now. <laughs> but it wears off after about a day or two. Well, you know what? If, you, if that, I'm very glad. Thank you for, for that lovely compliment. Um, and go listen to The Phileas Club if you want to hear sensible people talk about uh sensitive topics uh but we i mean this still affects the um the video game world and if we talk a little bit about politics i mean if you you're allergic to these kinds of things uh thank you very much for listening until now you can you can turn the show off but i you know i'm pretty level-headed and i don't think i go into the extremes that some people do um so anyway it is a gaming story. Palmer Lucky was found to have uh, funded and participated uh, into an organization that is uh, promoting the candidacy of Donald Trump against clearly the candidacy of Hillary Clinton through means that are, uh, I think, pretty objectively objectionable, even if you think the other side does the same. Well, first of all, I don't think they, they go that well maybe i don't know uh but even if you think the other side does the same this is not an awesome way of uh of uh, expressing your political message uh basically it's an organization called nimble america that was trying to uh that was posting memes and uh shit posts about uh hillary clinton which were really 
I tried to find them. I didn't find many of them, which is the biggest mystery to me um, in this whole thing. Uh, the organization is supposedly a meme machine uh, working for political purposes, and it got some donations, a, a bunch of money from Palmer, Lucky, and others, uh, you know, and regular people. Uh, but I haven't been able to find any results of what they've done. Maybe it's because they were they're being drowned by the the news. But that is, to me, the bigger mystery. There was one meme which I saw, which was basically too big to jail uh, with a picture of a deformed head of Hillary Clinton. And one of the other one, which I think was Nimble America as well, was um, the only man she ever got off with a text about uh, a, 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 a criminal that she got off uh at when she was a lawyer and she was making light of the fact that she managed uh, to get him off on a technicality or something like that and obviously it's you know uh, the only man she ever got off is a pretty uh lewd uh play on words so yes yeah welcome to this year's election (laughs) and so the reason this became news is that Palmer Lucky represents, to an extent, uh, Oculus and its parent company, Facebook. And uh, he was funding this thing and talking as a with, with an alias of uh, Nimble Richman on uh, Reddit. And um, he, he was funding this organization, which, honestly, it's not so much that they're advocating for Don- Donald Trump, but the way they're doing it is, I mean, I would have a lot to say about Trump as a whole. I think there are a lot of issues with uh, the campaigns, the campaign of Trump. I'm outing myself here, uh, you know, as a dirty, horrible mainstream media liberal, if that's the way you want to look at it. But um, aside from that, even that the, the almost the, the mission statement of that uh, that or that uh, association, that organization made me feel dirty you know it's they're doing it through memes and and shit posting and the few i've seen were sexist and and maybe again maybe there are the similar ones on the other side that doesn't justify the fact that i don't know it's all it makes me feel dirty all of it and the question is should that affect your the consideration you have for oculus and should you you know th- how do you react if the the boss of of uh, Oculus is associated with them. He distanced himself from it with a statement that was pretty well written, um, very very short, very matter of fact, and then he stopped talking about it entirely. My guess is Mark Zuckerberg called him in and said, "What the fuck is happening? <laughs> we are going <laughs> yeah, to well, put that's... this to rest right now. We don't need that kind of controversy." And he got his PR people on it, and they drafted a statement, and he put it up on his Facebook page, and that was it. And they managed to kill the story more or less. But um... yeah, I mean, that, that's I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the big I think the big discussion here. Uh, is is how much should this affect Oculus? And and at the end of the day, I think this is. I just feel bad for everyone at Oculus other than Palmer Lucky. Like everyone on the team, like this is just this kind of sucks for them. Uh, what you know, whether they agree with Palmer Lucky or not, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's so, it, it's it's such a it's such murky water here, right? Because I mean, Mark Zuckerberg is uh, has been quite outspoken in his opposition to to Trump. Um, 
so it, it like I, I it, it's hard if it's it's hard not to now look at Oculus and think of this. Uh, and I yeah. and, and honestly, I think you should I think you should remove yourself from this in terms of, of terms of Oculus because like Oculus is not just Palmer Lucky. It is not only him. It is a large company with many uh, many employees, and I don't think they should all be punished for for one man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it it does play into it, but uh, I think what hurts even more. I mean, what really hurts if if Lucky had said, you know, uh, I I'm not for Clinton. I think uh, Donald Trump is the wild card that we need in our political system, and and uh, he will, you know, whatever. There are lots of reasonable arguments to make for Trump. As as much as it hurts me to say it. Um, I think there are lots of reasonable arguments to make against him, but I understand the arguments that go for his candidacy in the political climate of any Western uh, world country right now. Um, If he had said things like that, I think it would have been a lot harder to, uh, I mean, it wouldn't have initiated the controversy that is happening right now with, or that has happened in the past couple of weeks with uh, a handful, a number of teams stating that they are dropping support, uh, development teams, I mean, dropping support for the Oculus, um, which admittedly is not a huge financial uh, risk because the the brunt of the money in the VR space, I'm, I think, is going to be made on PlayStation VR. So it's not like, you know, they're they're sacrificing themselves either. But if he had just said, yeah, I'm for Trump for these reasons, it would have been more or less fine, I think. Uh, the manner in which he's doing it, and if you go read his posts on Reddit and things like that, it's basically trolling. And the way he's spinning it in the statement, which is, you know, I'm trying to explore new ways of engaging young people in the political process, holds if in, in isolation. But when you look at what the comp- that company, that I'm sorry, that uh, organization, Nimble America, uh, you know, the way they talk about it. And there's p- awful people like Milo, you know, who he is, if you know who he is, uh, involved in this. And the way he talks about it, it's really trolling. Like, it's taking trolling and trying to legitimize it for uh, fallacious reasons, I think. And that is where it hurts. Uh, to me, at least. It's not so much the political opinion. Again, though, the people who listen to the Phileas Club know that I, I, I'm really for uh, reasonable, level-headed discussions about all forms of political opinions, uh, even the ones that might anger you, whoever you are the most, whether you're on the left side or the right side of the aisle. Um, but the manner in which he discusses this and the manner in which he tries to put it together the problem is we were, you know what? I didn't think about this until now, but we were talking about toxicity on uh, Twitch just before. And this kind of communication is not trying to find new ways of engaging the young people. It's reveling in toxicity. And that is why what trolls do. And and I it, it makes me sad that this young, very rich, successful man would engage in something like that. And it makes me sad and angry at the same time because I think this is, in many ways, the worst of... And I'm not talking about the political system here. It's the worst of the internet. You know, there are amazing, wonderful things on the internet. There are some super funny memes. 
um, there is some incredibly clever people on Reddit. And then you have the trolls and the shitposting and all of that. And that is not something I would like anyone to aspire to. And he's sort of encouraging it and, and, uh, you know, it, how do you call it? Like, um, like when you have, uh, 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 pom pom girls and, ah, uh, damn uh, it. Uh, cheerleading, <laughs> cheerleading for it. Yeah. And it's, so that's, that's why I, I, think I, the reaction I, was I, I completely agree with you. Uh, but the, that, that, that's kind of the, that's the inherent baffling part of this entire discussion to me and to you right because this is we we see this as of course like this is awful this is underhanded this is like you said reveling in toxicity but to a certain number of the populace this is the reason they're interested in a certain candidate this is the straight talk that they want this is the non-political behavior that they enjoy um and i guess it goes against Political it's hard to, to yeah. divorce myself from this, from 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 taking a political stance, because apparently now memes have become political. Uh, <laughs> and, it's, and it's hard to have the discussion. And to that, um, whether you think that, you know, you know, no, they're just, you know, they're just stating the truth or whatever. If you think that's, you know, makes you, you know, land you on a certain side of the aisle. Um, to, to me, this this just comes down to the issue with all of all of this, this shit talking behind a wall of anonymity. Hmm. Go out in the world behave like this in person to someone's face see how far that gets you in your job in your personal relations and see how many teeth you have left in your head afterwards <laughs> well i think the the re- the ironic thing and we're talking about the internet in general now i think the ironic thing is most people who would do these kinds of things on the internet wouldn't do it in real life right and that is the exact exactly what I'm getting to, right, and that's right. what I that's why I I take so much issue with trolling, because mm. um, you know at least the bullies in school have the balls to do it to someone's face, and you know they put themselves at risk by ha- acting this way. If you're doing it from behind a monitor, you are to the extreme level of cowardice that I run out of words to quantify the level of uh, human shit that I think you are. Wow, the angry nerd came out. Um, which, yeah, I understand in this context, it's, uh, it's definitely the point at which it, it, it would, um, so yeah, I guess we're pretty much aligned on that, uh, on that issue. And I think the, to summarize, the problem isn't as much with the, uh, with the, the message itself as the format, which is again, encouraging trolling and bullying and that kind of toxicity that we you know try every day to to fight so it's disheartening to see these kinds of things happen and i think that's why the reaction to his involvement in it was pretty uh allergic and pretty quick so yeah yeah uh, yeah to tie up my thoughts i i find palmer lucky repulsive but i don't think it should affect my purchasing decision of an, ocu- of an oculus right yeah i think that that uh makes sense 
All right, uh, and that is going to be it for our show. Uh, if you want more about uh, more from Garrett and myself, you could, for example, listen to Overwatchers, which we're recording tomorrow, March. Uh, no, not March, October fifth, and uh, we're going to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, March is. Yeah, someone's looking forward to the NX. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Um, and uh, and we'll be talking about. Uh, I'm guessing the open. The, the the tournament that I'm going to watch the finals of right now. And a bunch of other things. I went through the season two placement and uh, I have stuff to say. So anyway, that is Overwatchers that you can listen to uh, on its own podcast feed. But also, Garrett is available in these fine productions. Indeed. Uh, everything's at amove.tv. Go to amove.tv. Check it out. Uh, Jocelyn and I just uh, posted our fifth and final episode of Embrace the Spoilers for WoW Legion. We talked about Saramar. Uh, and we've been enjoying talking WoW so much. We're just going to continue talking WoW every Monday from here on out. So we're kind of nice. splitting it off into just a little WoW show. Um, we haven't named it yet. Don't have a name for that. But just keep your eyes on amove.tv and follow me on Twitter at GarrettArt. Fantastic. Uh, I am Patrick Beja. You can find me at NotPatrick on Twitter. You can find my shows at FrenchSpin.com. This one, of course, Pixels, and uh, the one that we mentioned a couple of times uh, during this this show, uh, The Phileas Club, which is uh, a show where we talk about political and uh, international news topics with people from different countries, different cultures, different backgrounds, and uh, always try to keep uh, level-headed arguments in play. And yes, we managed to do that about the most difficult topics like the U.S. election, for example, or the Brexit or the Burkini uh, issue in France in the past few uh, months. So if you think that talking about uh, politics without getting angry or without getting into a fight is impossible, I assure you it is not impossible. And we do it on the Fetus Club on a regular basis. So go listen to that. And on top of it, we have a good time doing it. And it's a lot of fun to to do the show. So uh, go check that out if you're interested. And uh, aside from that, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a bunch of news. But among, I think the main one is going to be our impressions on the PlayStation VR. So look forward to that and talk to you then. Bye, everyone.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 